Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. We talked about George Washington Williams this week, and I'm going to start with the sad part of behind the scenes. And then we're going to move on to stuff that's much funnier. All righty. Uh, basically, this episode made me sadder than anything I have worked on in so long. I was so sad about George Washington Williams dying at the age of 41. Um, and I don't know if the trajectory of the Congo Free State would have been different if he had lived and had been able to bring more attention to it. It could have, don't really know. But the fact that he did so much and that his life was so short made me so sad. Uh, And then I was also sad (laughs) that it was really thanks to the work of one other person that we know anything about him, that person being uh, John Hope Franklin. I'm not sad that he did that work. I'm just sad that that Williams fell into so much obscurity before he did, John John Hope Franklin did like literally four decades of work work that went until the end of his life. And then I was also sad that he died in 2009, so I couldn't, like, ask him about this or thank him for doing all of this work. There's, like, just layers of sadness. And then by absolute total coincidence, I started working on this episode on the first anniversary of the death of a dear friend who died at 42 of pancreatic cancer. So, like, that added an awful layer And then the next day, I said, hey, you know who I think would really be into this episode is my old college friend, John Mott, who I would characterize as a friend of the show. He and I mostly kept up with each other on Twitter. A lot of the conversations that we had were about the podcast, and he was always referring other people to the podcast. Uh, And I had not kept up with him since I left Twitter, so I went to see how he was doing, and I learned that he had died in November. And that was just two of the deaths (laughs) that were part of my world uh, last week working on this. And it 
what it all came together and just like, man, this is, I'm not even going to get into the details of the others, but it was a rough week and it was a very sad, sad topic to be working on so that I just sort of wanted to acknowledge all of that before moving in to the funny part, (laughs) (laughs) which is that when I do research, I go and I bookmark a whole bunch of stuff meaning to come back to it later. And I bookmarked this post, like a blog post type thing, called What Tarzan Taught Me About Ohio History. Uh, by someone called Todd Book. And I was like, that's weird. I wonder why this came up in the search results. And I just bookmarked it and came back to it later. And then I was reading it, and I'm just going to read a couple sentences from it. Quote, that all changed when I was thumbing through the movie channels and stumbled on The Legend of Tarzan 2016. As I watched... A George Washington Williams, played by Samuel L. Jackson, introduced himself to Tarzan. He informs Tarzan of his desire to expose the evil deeds uh, that King Leopold II of Belgium is inflicting on the Congolese in search of profits. He educates Tarzan that the Congo is threatened and that Tarzan must join him to expose this injustice to the world. I felt like my brain was melting. I was like, is this a real movie? Am I dreaming? (laughs) It's like, what? This, it just seemed so wild to me that, like, somebody had made a Tarzan movie about King Leopold and the Congo Free State. So then I went and I read the Wikipedia synopsis of the plot of this movie, which starts with the Berlin Conference and the scramble for Africa. And I was like, my face, I was involuntarily, like, making a face of absolute confounded bafflement mm. that this is really a movie that got made. Um, I could feel my face kind of contorting itself. Uh, and then I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to watch this movie. Like, <laughs> oh, did you watch it? I did. I did. Did you watch the whole thing? I watched the entire thing. And and I watched an enti- the entire thing like sort of in the midst of of a very crappy week, and I was like, I don't actually think this movie is going to be good. And I feel like if I watch it now while I'm having a very crappy week, at least I'm not spending time that could have been spent on something fun, on a movie that doesn't turn out to be great. And uh, it is a strange film. It's a uh, uh, quite a task to attempt to make an anti-colonial Tarzan movie. Uh, There's just a lot going on there. It's also kind of a choice to cast Samuel L. Jackson, who was almost 70 at the time, in the role of somebody who died at the age of 41. Uh, And I did not appreciate how many times George Washington Williams was made the butt of the joke. Uh, I did not really like that at all. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think I could really recommend this movie to anyone, but the fact that somebody did make a Tarzan movie involving George Washington Williams, I would rather just have a George Washington Williams movie, to be honest. You're making a face. Well, because, yes, I get that, but I think probably, like, if that movie got made, nobody would go see it. Whereas yeah, I think the probably. logic is probably 
if we put Alexander Skarsgård in a loincloth, a lot of people will come and then we can be like, ha-ha, it's really a history movie about, about yeah. col- colonization. Um, there is a pretty, a scene I appreciated is a scene where uh, Tarzan gets a herd of wil- wildebeests to just stampede through, uh, you know, a Belgian colonial town. It does not make it seem like people are injured, but they do cause all the buildings to collapse. Uh, that that was a more fun bit to watch, but I still am just like that. What a what a combination of things to put in a movie. It's an interesting and ambitious approach to it, although ultimately, <laughs> you know, not. Yeah. Uh, the person who wrote uh, this, I don't know anything about this person, Todd Book, who wrote a post about this, uh, but apparently was uh, doing so from the George Washington Williams room at the Ohio State House. So there is a room named after him um, at the Ohio State House. There was also one quote that I really loved from George Washington Williams, written uh, in History of the Negro Troops in the War of the Rebellion, 1861 to 1865, that summed up why our same reasons for uh, not talking about events on the show that are super-duper recent in history. Mm -hmm. And he was writing that book roughly 20 years after the end of the Civil War. And he wrote, quote, in writing of events within living memory, it requires both fortitude and skill to resist the insidious influence of interested friends and actors, to separate error from truth with an even and steady hand, to master the sources of historical information, to know where the material is, to collect and classify it, and to avoid partisan feeling and maintain a spirit of judicial candor. Uh, I was like, man, I've, I've seen so many people who work in the hil- field of history make these exact same points about uh, how there's sort of a moment when you can have enough historical remove from something that happens to really look at it in a more analytical way. And he was making that point, you know, when history as a modern source-based field was in its infancy. Yeah. So, Yeah. He's complicated, and so much stuff happened in his life, which was just so tragically short. He was a very busy bee. Incredibly busy uh, at so many different things. A lot of gear changes. <laughs> so many gear changes. Yeah, I had uh, had brunch over at a friend's house, and I was talking about um, having watched this movie. And one of the friends was like, wait, who's George Washington Williams? And as I was just kind of reciting all of the things, I was like, this is so... So many different things in one lifetime. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, John Minton Esquire. I don't think I'd ever heard of this person. Well... Probably because he would make you real mad. Yeah, <laughs> I found him frustrating. I mean... Um, do you know what I think of when I read his entire story? What's that? Mama Odie from Princess and the Frog. Okay. Who at one point says, y'all ain't got the sense you were born with. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about him. I, um, like, so we we talked about having an accidental theme. Neither of us remembered for sure, like, how specifically we became aware of this person slash why they wound up on the list to do an episode. Both of them had such short lives, George Washington Williams and John Minton, but, like, the tenor of that lifetime is very different for each of them. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I am very fascinated by the Nimrod biography. Mm -hmm. And here is why. If that biography... Which is very frank about how much he loved this man. Mm -hmm. But if he has pulled out details, he seems to have not pulled out a lot of details that would that would paint his friend in a bad light. He seems to have been pretty frank. If he did pull out details, that man was insufferable. Mm -hmm. But he's pretty open about how bad things got, especially at the end. Like, it really sounds like Apperly and... Mitten's mother and some of their other friends, like when he describes what he went through, because he was kind of like 
on full-time watch with him in Mm -hmm. France. And it was his idea to take him out to the country and, like, sober him up and get him eating a good diet and, like, getting fresh air and how well he started to do. And he's like, that was, you know, my idea. And it seemed like it was going great until we realized, like, all he was trying to do was get away from us. Right. Um, He's pretty frank about how ugly the whole situation was and how, like, you, you could not talk reason to him because he didn't want it. And sometimes he talked about, like, they would say, like, if you keep living like this, you're going to die. And he'd be like, I don't care. Um, and so they were, for a time, you know, kind of keeping an eye on him for fear he was going to end his life. But he also seemed so irrational, they didn't even know if that was really what he wanted or if he was just kind of, like, in a state of madness. Right, right. It's not a pretty picture at all. So I, it makes me tend to think, like, he probably wasn't, whitewashing a lot of the rest of it. If anyone is wondering, because I know I did, and if you're very worried about hearing animal things, don't listen to the next minute and a half, but I will account for what happened to the bear and the monkey. Okay. Um, Because the bear, he did not, he did not have the bear put down after it bit him through the leg and kind of maimed him for life. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometime down the road, the bear went after another person. And at mm. that point, they determined that the bear was not safe to have in the house. And mm-hmm. so she uh, was euthanized at that point, which also sounded like it went horribly. Um, the monkey, this is really awful. He let the monkey drink. Oh, no. The monkey was kind of an alcoholic, mm. but it, that is not what killed it. At one point, the monkey drank a bottle that looked like alcohol that was poison. Like, it was like a household chemical. It wasn't intended to be poisoned, but uh-huh. it drank something and it died from it. Um, so that's the scoop. It, uh, irresponsible animal care. I um, This is only tangentially related. Sometimes the TikTok algorithm will show me a video uh-huh. of someone having an encounter with a bear. And they stress... I'm not talking about the hiker sees a bear and does the appropriate right. things. I'm talking about somebody allows the bear to come up on their porch with their cubs and starts making friendly noises to the bear. And they stress me out so much. Um, And this episode is kind of an example of, like, why having wild animals in this way is, like, not okay. Yeah, I, you know, listen, I understand the impetus to go, oh, my God, hi, you're so cute. Yeah. But I also, I've tried to be very, very diligent with myself and not letting myself behave that way towards wild animals that visit our house. Because also, it's, you're harming them. Uh Like, they don't need to get used to you. Yeah. It's not just that they are a danger to humans. It's that humans are a danger to them. And if you accustom them to being around humans, you are probably going to put them in a position where later their judgment is flawed. Yeah. Have uh I don't remember if I've talked on the show about a book called A Libertarian Walked Into a Bear. I think that's the name of it. Is that what it's called? One of my other friends was just discussing this the other day and I was like, oh, I know this book. Yeah, it's a it's a book about a group of liber- libertarians who like try to take over a town and make it a libertarian paradise, intertwined with basically people habituating bears to human presence and letting feeding the bears donuts on purpose, things like that. Yeah, don't do that. And it's a book that I really liked in a lot of ways. It does have some stuff about animals in it that's really upsetting. But there are two people, if I'm remembering correctly, who are, like, seriously harmed by a bear 
And they had nothing to do with any of the feeding bears donuts. Right. It was like they were the victims of other people's inappropriate treatment of these animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are so many more stories about him than we could include, where you're just like, you... Ding dong. Like, at one point, as he was having to start selling his stuff off, I don't know if it was his solicitor or, like, one of his advisors was like, you know, if you just cut back and for, like, the next several years, you could live off of 6,000 pounds a year, like, you're going to be fine. You Mm -hmm. will be able to, like, we can get all your stuff in order. You won't have to sell your things. You'll be fine. And he was like, I'm not interested in living that way. Mm -hmm. And for clarity... 6,000 pounds at this point was like several, several hundred thousand pounds in today's dollars. Yeah. There are, it's very interesting because we talk all the time about how it is really hard to 
convert currency through time. Mm -hmm. But I have noticed, we mentioned that the National Archives of Britain has a converter in the episode, but also, um, is it the Bank of England that does, like, a conversion thing Mm -hmm. on their site? And I'm like, oh, I guess if you're country has been around for a long time and people have family property that's probably been processed. Like, you might actually need to be trying to do this (laughs) in a more real way than we would ever know. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's like basically going, I can't live on $700,000 a year. That's no life. I would rather lose it all and keep living in my incredibly extravagant and weird ways. And I think we can all agree that is ding-dongery. Yeah, I also feel like this is a historical person that it's tempting to want to armchair diagnose. Oh, yeah, but Beyond like, just the obvious, like, excess alcohol consumption. Right. In some other way. And uh, I try to resist doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he definitely had impulse control issues, but right. that's also not a diagnosis. That's uh, just kind of acknowledging what's going on there. I mean, it sounds like he would be really fun to be around if you were his friend. His friends adored him. Mm-hmm. And the people that lived in his area who were not wealthy friends seemed to adore him because he was so generous and, like, they kind of knew they could be taken care of if something went wrong by by his his estate or his, you know, himself. Um, but also, like, oh, dude... You could have done so much more actual good if you could just, like, focus it up and, like, Mm -hmm. use rational thought for a minute. But if you're not interested in that, you're not interested in that. Mm -hmm. I know. I can't travel back in time and fix him. He's another one, though, where I feel like because he had such gumption and, you know, such a kind of, like, iron constitution... And he had some impulses that seemed pretty good. I'm just like, man, if you could have just been, like, assisted or molded in some yeah. way that you didn't die very young, you could have actually been, like, such a high achiever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had all of the resources on Earth and did nothing with them. People were like, you should start breeding programs with your horses and your dogs. He'd be like, oh, no. Like, he could have sustained himself probably just doing either one of those things and not have had it all fall apart. But... Um, you know, you can't you can't make a person do what they're not going to do. He apparently was also really, really resistant to advice of any kind. Mm-hmm. Like, even if his most trusted friends and or advisors said things like, hey, you know, maybe don't do that. I don't mm-hmm. know. He would be like, I'm going to do it 10 times harder. Look out yeah. for me. Like, he just didn't. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, listen, I understand. I fight these impulses in myself all the time. Uh, but... <laughs> But don't be like Mitten. Just just be a little more focused. <laughs> he really is a Hogarth engraving, even though he lived... Maybe he used those as, like, a roadmap instead of the cautionary mm-hmm. tale they were intended to be. Like, the rake's progress. He's like, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he rode a bear into a party. You don't, don't do in that. In his riding habit. Don't. So many reasons you should not do that. Um, don't do that. If this is your weekend coming up, don't ride a bear. If it's not your weekend coming up, don't ride a bear. I hope that if you have time to yourself, that it is 
however is the most productive and restorative for you. Sometimes those things are the same. Uh, If it's not your time off, I hope you get a little time to yourself where you can uh, rest and relax and have some joy. We will be right back here tomorrow with a classic episode and then on Monday with something brand new. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.